This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Holdish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it online at mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and read my blog, The Whole Dish, at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. It's been more than a decade since I threw a New Year's Eve party that lives on in infamy. And I say infamy because of the level of inebriation of many of the guests, some minor mishaps that damaged some of the surfaces in my newly built home and its contents. But probably hardest to live down was a huge spread of appetizers and just everything I could think of that I love to nibble on all night during a cocktail party that sat untouched, virtually untouched by everyone save me. (laughs) And maybe I'm still a little bitter about it. I assumed that a number of people had gone out to have a meal before they came over for our party, or I, I had heard that. But I also suspect that a lot of these people, when they really want to cut loose, they purposely don't eat a whole lot and save their stomach capacity for copious quantities of alcohol. Hence, some of the mishaps I, I mentioned. It's one of the experiences that started laying the foundation for my three appetizer rule that I stick to when I entertain. I mentioned this in my most recent column for the Mail Tribune food section, and that ran on December 18th under the headline, Tips for Catering Your Own Holiday Party. My columns also are published under the name The Whole Dish. I gave a number of strategies and sample menus and a couple of recipes with that. Three appetizers, no more. One that's hot and plated or presented as little bites that maybe takes a little bit longer to assemble. A big platter of homemade dip with crudite and crackers or crostini. And another thing that can be made ahead of time that people can kind of just nibble on that's just fine at room temperature. And they don't need to put it on a plate. They don't need a utensil. I like roasted spiced nuts for that. I ran a recipe with my column for roasted spiced chickpeas. There's any number of little things that you can do in advance that will keep in a sealed container for several days. My last podcast sort of touted the benefits of using puff pastry to dress up just about anything. Prepared puff pastry, the type that's usually found in freezer sections that I keep on hand. And another thing I always have on hand is sausages. I find them, buy them on sale, the best quality I can find at the grocery store, keep them in the freezer until I need to use them. So that for me is a natural pairing, just that sausage roll in a puff pastry, aka pig in a blanket. And yes, the sort of pedestrian cocktail wiener can be really, really delicious in puff pastry. Look for that post from December 20th under the headline, prepared puff pastry makes anything fancy. From that same concept, my most recent post has a recipe for a pesto pistachio twist. And that was published on December 27th under the headline, Handheld Nibbles Keep New Year's Glass Filled. And this is another very, very easy 
sort of like method. It's it's not even a recipe so much as just a way of rolling out a sheet of puff pastry, cutting it in half, covering one half of it with something spreadable. In this case, it's store-bought basil pesto. If you have your own homemade pesto, that'd be great. And some ground pistachios, finely chopped or ground in the food processor. You could use any nut in that. You put the other piece of puff pastry over the top, you cut it into strips, and you just twist those strips and lay them on a baking sheet, just like four or five twists, bake them in a 425 degree oven. This is so flexible, you could use just about anything in this recipe. Winter squash puree, you could sprinkle some nuts on top of that or some cheese and combine that with pesto. It's really delicious. Mushroom duxel, which is that really, really lovely, finely, finely chopped and sauteed mushroom spread or filling. I've vlogged about this before. I've mentioned it in a podcast before. I mean, really the sky's the limit for this method of what you combine in these twists, even just cheese, just good quality, finely grated cheese is really delicious as well. Parmesan twists. I liked the idea of pesto and pistachios. And it got me thinking about some of my other favorite recipes that I like to bring out for entertaining something else using pistachio that I have posted in previous years as a pistachio and feta dip. And because this is more of a recipe, I thought that I would share that in this podcast. It was posted to my blog on December 30th, 2014, under the headline, Ring in New Flavors with Year's Last Appetizers. And that's available in my blog archives at blogs.esouthernoregon.com forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food. And you can search for that under the archives heading with the drop down menu on the right hand side of the page by selecting December 14th. And it should be right at the top on the 30th or posted in reverse order. Also posted to my blog archives from December 2012 is a recipe for edamame pesto. And it's almost really more of a spread in my mind than a pesto. It was highlighted as something to serve on crostini. I actually sort of adapted this and came up with my own twist at my most recent holiday party. And the photo of my edamame dip was on the front page of the Meal Tribune's food section with that column that I mentioned from December 18th. Rather than try to recreate that recipe, which was really an exercise in just tasting and adjusting seasonings for 10 minutes or so without keeping track of any quantities whatsoever. I was just kind of making it up as I went along. And the key finally was a good dollop of prepared Thai green curry paste for my Asian inspired edamame dip. There's just no way I could recreate the recipe for my column as I was just totally improvising. But I do like the basic recipe that inspired me for this edamame pesto and wanted to share that in this blog as well. Again, from December 12th, 2012, under the headline tips, tricks from party pros put guests at ease. And that can also be found 
in my blog archives by selecting from the drop down menu on the right hand side of the page and choosing December 2012. I'll share both of these in this podcast, starting with pistachio feta dip, which is really, really rich and delicious. And certainly is just a great way to offer something a little bit unusual, a little bit outside the box. Everyone is so used to hummus at this point. It's no longer party fair. The pistachio and feta dip is also a lovely, lovely bright green. Really, really beautiful. It calls for three and a half ounces, which is about a scant cup. Roasted, unsalted, shelled pistachios. A generous quarter cup olive oil. 10 and a half ounces good quality feta cheese broken into small chunks. My absolute favorite feta cheese is Israeli sheep's milk feta, which is a little bit harder to find locally, but if you can find it, it is so rich and delicious and, and nice and firm, not watery. I really, really love it. A handful of fresh dill, coarsely chopped, two handfuls cilantro leaves, coarsely chopped, one large garlic clove that's been peeled and crushed, one fresh red Thai chili pepper, seeded if desired, depends on what heat level you like, coarsely chopped. A heaping three tablespoons plain Greek yogurt, regular or low fat. That's going to give this dip the richness and cool some of that chili flavor as well. Finely grated zest and juice of half a lemon and sea salt to taste. You're going to mix this all up in a food processor. And before you start, you want to zest the lemon before you cut it in half and juice it. So difficult to try to go back and get the zest off a lemon that's already been juiced. So in the bowl of a food processor, combine the three and a half ounces, a scant cup of roasted unsalted pistachios with the generous quarter cup olive oil. Should be good quality fruity olive oil. Puree for 30 seconds. Then add the 10 and a half ounces feta cheese the handful of fresh dill, the two handfuls cilantro leaves, that peeled and crushed garlic clove, the Thai red chili pepper stemmed and coarsely chopped. Maybe start with just half of that if you're just not sure how much spice you want for this. Or leave it out and adjust the seasonings after the fact with a little bit of cayenne or a little bit of Aleppo pepper would be really nice as a garnish on this. Continue adding to the food processor the heaping three tablespoons plain Greek yogurt, zest and juice of half a lemon, and sea salt to taste. Puree for about one minute or until the mixture has a nice rustic texture. Any chunks of feta that are left should be no larger than a pea. So taste it, adjust the seasoning again with a small pinch of salt, and serve at a cool room temperature. It shouldn't be real warm. Cheese and yogurt starts to break down this time of year. Shouldn't be a problem. And it's delicious with crostini, crackers as a dip for fresh veggies. It makes 11 or 12 servings, which is about two and three quarters cup. And that recipe was adapted by the Washington Post from Persiana, Recipes from the Middle East and Beyond by Sabrina Gayur. It's really, really delicious. Give that one a try as an alternative to hummus for your New Year's Eve entertaining. And this edamame dip as well, I really love. Build this edamame pesto. It calls for one garlic clove that's been peeled. A quarter cup Marcona almonds, which are sort of the flat Spanish almonds 
You could probably use peeled and blanched almonds for this, but the Marcona almonds are going to give this a really, really delicious, rich flavor and texture that you're not going to get from just regular peeled and blanched almonds. You need a cup frozen shelled edamame that have been defrosted, two tablespoons chopped fresh parsley, a quarter cup Parmesan cheese grated, two teaspoons grated lemon zest, a half cup extra virgin olive oil, salt and black pepper to taste. And this comes together in a food processor as well very quickly. A word about the edamame. These are very conveniently packaged and pretty widely available in grocery stores these days in freezer sections. I found when I opened the package to begin making my recipe, the package instructions call for steaming the shelled edamame for about five minutes. I tried one without steaming it and raw as they were prepared by this company is just not a texture that's gonna break down in the food processor to the consistency that you want. It's just way too hard and starchy. I'm not sure if the creators of this recipe were able to find a cooked shelled edamame that had been frozen, but I would urge you to check the package instructions for whatever shelled frozen edamame you find and make sure that it doesn't call for steaming it before you proceed with this recipe. And if it does, take the five minutes or so to steam those edamame. It's easily done in the microwave. It's really not a big deal at all and shouldn't keep you from trying this. It's just a little unclear, I think, on some packaging what needs to be done with the edamame to make them ready to eat. So to proceed with this recipe for edamame pesto, in a food processor, mince the peeled garlic clove with the quarter cup Marcona almonds. Add that one cup of frozen shelled edamame that's been defrosted and or cooked if necessary, the two tablespoons chopped fresh parsley, the quarter cup grated Parmesan cheese, and the two teaspoons grated lemon zest. Pulse in the food processor until coarsely blended. With the motor running, add the half cup extra virgin olive oil. Again, this should be good quality fruity olive oil in a slow steady stream blending until emulsified, but some texture remains. Season with the salt and pepper to taste. And this can be prepared up to a week ahead, covered in an airtight container and refrigerated. It can be frozen far in advance and pulled out in time for your party, which is another of my entertaining tips that I love to prepare things as I have the ingredients or as I have the time, stash them away in the freezer and thaw them out the day before. It's a really, really great time saver and stress reduction <laughs> strategy for this time of year. Serve the edamame pesto with crostini or again, raw veggies for dipping or even warm bread baguette would be delicious. And that makes one and a half cups. And the recipe is from Seriously Simple Parties by Diane Worthington. Posted to my blog, The Whole Dish, on December 12th, 2012, under the headline, Tips, Tricks from Party Pros Put Guests at Ease. Also, make sure you check out the pistachio and feta dip, posted from December 30th, 2014, under the headline, Ring in New Flavors with Year's Last Appetizers. Find those posts at my blog archives at blogs.esouthernoregon.com 
forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food and read all my current posts on the whole dish at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Thanks for listening to and reading the whole dish.